All right. Um, we're up to the two dots on Daf Ayin Chasim Bez towards the bottom. The Gemara says like this: Hayi Itisa, there was a woman, Deboi de Teverchinu Lenachse Megavra. She wanted to avoid her husband. You see, we've been dealing with the last Daf, and today's Daf also is um, the husband has access to the Paris, she has access to the to the to actual Kin and Agov. Now, there was a woman who was widowed, and she was getting remarried, married to a second time. And she didn't want her husband to have access to her, her things. So what's the best way to do it? You sell everything you got. The problem is she want, she want to sell everything. So what she did is she made a deal. She wrote a star to her daughter selling everything to her daughter. Now with the understanding, wink, wink, that if she ever gets divorced or widowed, she wants it back. So the question is, does it work, Mitzad? Is it a valid sale that the husband doesn't have access to it? Also, does she get it back? Right, it, it, you can look at it two ways. You can look at it as it doesn't work at all. You can look at it as it works, but she gets it back when she's widowed or divorced. Or you can look at it as it works so well, it's a sale. A sale's a sale, and the fact that you wink, wink, said I want it back. Who cares? In the star, it's a sale. It's a sale. So those are the three choices. So the Gemara says, Kasvinu Labarta. So she wrote all of her nechasim to her daughter. In she got married to and she got divorced. So now she wants everything back, but her daughter didn't want to give it. And by the way, her son-in-law also. It's probably not just her daughter. Her son-in-law didn't want to give it back. So now they're going to court. So, also the comedy of Nachman. They go to Rav Nachman. And Karaya Rav Nachman Lashtari. Rav Nachman ripped up the shtar. He felt that the sale was not valid. It was valid enough that the husband didn't have access to it, which we'll have to trigger figure out why. But he felt that it wasn't a valid sale because she didn't actually want to sell everything to her daughter. It was a game. And if it's a game, he ripped it up. So it goes back to the wife. Now, the Gemara says, Ozl Rav Anon lekamid Marukva. Rav Anon went to Marukva and Amrlei Chazimar Nachman Chaklo Hechamikrishtari Dinshi. You see how the peasant Nachman starts ripping up shtaris, meaning he's like, "What is this guy? What is this Rabbi Nachman doing? He's ripping up shtaris. It's a valid shtar. Why is he ripping it up?" So Amrlei, so Marukva said, "Emily Eze Gufa Dovde Hechihave." Marukva says, "Tell me exactly what happened. I want to know exactly what happened before I start getting involved." So Amrlei Hachi Hachi He tells him the whole Ma'isa. Amrlei Shtarim Brachas Kamart. You're telling me that, that that's a fake star. I mean, that's a star, not mevrach, it's not a star. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a star to push away the husband. That's not a good star. He was right to rip it off. If I ever get such a star, I would rip it up too. Okay. Now, now the reason why it's not a good star is because the assumption is that when she, she gave everything to her daughter, she didn't mean it. And something that's so obviously a sham... It has, no, it has no validity in court. Now, the question is, why is it a sham? So you'll say, because who would give everything away to, their, to someone else? Yeah, but it's her daughter. So it's not like, it's not insane, the notion. Like, I understand, yeah, if it's just your friend, it's clearly a game. You're about to get married, and you take all of your property and give it to your friend. Why would you do that? It must be a game. But if it's your daughter, maybe, maybe she likes her daughter. So the Gemara says... If you want medication. Exactly. What's the reason why you have to rip up the star? Because who would give away everything to someone else and not leave everything anything for themselves? But maybe that's for someone else. Maybe your daughter, you would. So maybe it is a good star. The answer is The answer is parents love their daughters, but they still have to take care of themselves. I mean, she, he, she loves a daughter. I understand that, but but she, she, she has nothing. She's she's making herself penniless. That's not likely. It must be a game. Now, Mace Vavakasha. 
The kasha is, we're going to see a b'raisa, that if someone writes in the shtar, that they're giving everything over until a certain date, it's a valid, it's a valid shtar. So like, you're saying it's not valid, but the b'raisa is about to say that it is valid. You, you sign the shtar, you sign the shtar. Like, what do you, so meisra, I have a kasha. The b'raisa says, if a, a woman wants to avoid her husband getting anything from her, so what do you do? So what do you do? You get a friend who's in on it, who's willing to take everything from you. Meaning, and you make a deal. Listen, if I ever get divorced, I would I want it back, but till then, it's yours. And that, that, that works, according to the Tanakhama. Um, the Chum say, yeah, it works, but then they could keep it. <laughs> right? Right? Then you get widowed or divorced, you're like, I'd like it back. No. The only way you can get it back is if you write it's yours from now retroactively if I ever want it meaning so it's theirs but you say if I ever want it retroactively I want it back then it's valid what do you see time you see from this brisa that it's a valid star so why are you ripping it up it's very clear from this brisa they're just trying to figure out how to do it in a way that you'll get it back but it's clear that it's it's valid right let's say you didn't write the lashon of you just did it. Then it's valid. And not only is it so valid, it's theirs. And they don't have to give it back to you. So why are you ripping up the shtar? So the answer is, The answer is, it depends how much property you do this to. Let's say you own five lands. You do three of the lands this way, that's fine. Because it's possible you meant it. It's possible you wanted to give it as a gift. It's possible, whatever. You sign off all of your money. Everything you own, that's a gift. So the question is whether it's valid. When one price says it is, the other, and Marukva ripped it up, the answer is very simple. It depends how much you're signing off. If you're signing off 50% of your estate, okay, it's possible that, that, that you'd actually be doing this. 100% of your money? Nobody does it. That's a joke. Yeah. Her intent, she only, if she gets divorced, she, won't. she was never using it while she was married for the second half. Correct, but you're signing a star with your, but you don't even want to give it to her. That's the thing, you don't want to give it to her because you want it back. And you don't even want her to have it. You just want, you just want to play a game. Because who? Never, she would say, I'm never going to be using it. I'm going to get no benefit from it. Who? The, the wife who's remarrying. She says, I only want it back if I get divorced. Correct. So if she doesn't get divorced, she has no interest in it. True, but it's so clearly your intention is not to actually sell it to her. Your intention is just to try to keep your husband away from it. It's such clearly a game. right? Why are you doing this? Why are you giving all of your property away to that person? Do you want them to have it? No. Do you want it back? It, the second you can get it back? Yeah. So what, are you playing a game? No so good. Why, so, so then why are we doing it? Then why would we even say about a certain date? It's the same type of idea. What do you mean? If, if it's a game to begin with, Right. So why would, would it, why would the second case where we're talking about where if if, if you go ahead and put it, put it no the, because oh no so the answer is that Bryce that says that it works is talking about where it's not all of the estate. Okay. You're right. You're right. The only time it works from that Bryce it's clear that it works. The date that's only when it's not the entire estate because then someone legitimately might say, listen, she is getting married and she just doesn't want to handle whatever this. So she's selling half of her estate, thirty percent, forty percent. But 100% of her money? No, nobody would do that. Why would you do that? Go into your marriage with zero to your pocket? Right. No, no way. So it's such a game that we just rip up the star. The Gemara says, kaninu. Oh, here's the last kasha. So what was the case? She wrote the star to keep her husband away. Gave it to the daughter. Gets divorced. She wants it back. Daughter's like, no, you sold it to me. Go to the bez and they rip it up. They said this whole thing was a sham. So it was never sold. So shouldn't the husband be able to demand money? Right? So what? Like it, it was enough of a sale 
that the husband didn't have access to it, and nobody's reimbursing the husband, nobody's doing this, but it was a sham. So it's like, if it's a sham, then why is the husband left? You understand? Meaning, it's like it's enough of a sale that the husband gets messed over. The husband doesn't have access to it, but the daughter doesn't get to keep it. Why? If, if it's a sham, then shouldn't the husband be able to say, listen, you owe me money, right? You basically stole from the husband for years. So the answer is, if you remember yesterday's Mishnah, there was a shayla of if a woman sells land, whether it's a valid sale. And there were different sheets when she got it, before Kedushin, after Kedushin, that was yesterday's stuff. If Shimon Shita was, it depends on whether the husband was made aware of it. If the husband was made aware of the land, it's his. The payers are his, and you can't sell it. If the husband was not made aware, it's not his. You see, whatever the svara is, you see, according to Rav Shimon, a husband's ownership depends on whether he's made aware of it. This case where she sold it, even though it was a sham of a sale, the husband thought it was a sale. So from his perspective, it doesn't exist. So because it doesn't exist, therefore he's not owed any money. Meaning the kasha is, if it's not a good sale, then why is the husband not, uh, not owed money? The answer is because from his perspective, he thought it wasn't real. And you see from Rav Shimon Shita, the husband only has access, only has rights to things. For whatever reason, he only has rights to lands that he thought existed. If he wasn't aware that they existed, he doesn't have access to it. This land that was sold, it may have been a sham of a sale, but from the husband's perspective, he thought it was real. He didn't think it existed. If he didn't think it existed, he doesn't have access to it. Okay, from here until the end of the daf, the Gemara is going to try to figure out, they have a couple of Mishnayas. The Gemara is going to try to figure out wh- what's the definition of Paris, right? She gets the principle, he has the fruit. So we think of it as land and like apples. What if it's a shirt? What's the, she brings a shirt into the marriage. So she has the principle, he has the fruit. What's the fruit of a shirt? Also, at some point, like, Maybe the entire thing's a fruit. Maybe the entire thing's a principle. Meaning, how do you split it up when it's not classic land? Also, what do you do? What do you do if, by the husband consuming the fruit, it's going to destroy her principle? Like, what if what if by the husband consuming the fruit, it's going to ruin the principle long term? So, but his actions, she's losing out. So the Mishnah says like this: Let's say this cash. What's cash? So. The cash is hers, but he gets the fruit of the cash. What is that? The, the rights to use it? What if he puts it all on the wrong, puts it all on red 24 in Vegas or something, and it's gone? So what? So you, you can't have it that he has access to the point where he's going to ruin her principle. That's not fair. So you know what you do? If money comes into the marriage, you use it to buy land. That's what you do. So you lock in Ben Karka, you buy land that has fruit. So she gets the land, he gets the fruit. Perfect. Okay, so let's say she gets land, she gets fruit that's detached. She gets an orchard of detached apples. So what's that? Is that fruit or is that land? There is no land, it's just apples in bags. Just bags and bags of apples. So who owns that? So the Yulokech ben Karka, the halacha is apples that are detached are hers. And therefore, in order to have the husband get something, we sell the apples and buy land with it. And then the husband has access to the fruit of the land. Now, what about fruit that's attached to the ground? Let's say she gets a call in the middle of the marriage that she just got an inheritance of a orange orchard. So here's the deal. January 1st, she has the orange orchard. What, what belongs to her? The land is for sure hers. What about the oranges that are already growing? You see, future oranges that grow are definitely the husband's. What about the oranges that were already mid-growth when she got it? 
So the Tanakama Shita is that you, talk, you, you take a snapshot. Whatever, whatever, when she gets the call that it's hers, whatever is growing is hers. Anything that grows past that point is the husband's. So let's say the oranges are half growth. The second half of the growth is the husband's. The first half is the wife. So what do I do with that? Is that you understand what I'm saying? Meaning, according to the Tanakama, the wife has the land, she has the trees, and she has whatever was growing at the time of the purchaser, the time of the inheritance. Any growth that happens past that is the husband's. Any future growth is the husband's. So how do you... So what do you want her to do? So you'll say, okay, well, take all the oranges off and give it to the husband. First of all, she still has like half of the orange growth is hers, but also very simply, if you cut down unripe oranges, it'll kill the entire orchard. Like you can't do that. You can't just say, okay, we're cutting them all off. Those are yours. The rest goes to the husband. You're going to kill the orchard. So how do you figure out basically, how do you figure out the value of unripe oranges? So you know what you do? So, um, uh, bum-bum-bum-bum. Uh, I'm sorry. So if you have oranges that are growing, so Amrav Meir, Shaman Oisa Kami Yafa Beperis, Kami Yafa Beleperis, Umoisi Lokeman Karaka Voichaperis. You know how you figure out? You figure out how valuable is land with unripe oranges growing, and how valuable is land without any oranges. Meaning, how much would people pay to have the beginning of growth of oranges? Now, there's a risk because you don't know if it's going to grow fully, but you also know that. It's already developing the process. So there's a certain value to that. You figure out that value. That value is hers. The rest is the husband's. You use the rest to buy land and to, you know, and to buy fruit. Now, the Chacham and the Chacham disagree. They say no. They say no. Binary. All fruit that are growing are his. You don't take a snapshot. She gets ancestral land, inheritance. Then what you do is like this. The land is hers. The trees are hers. All oranges are his. I, they're already 80% grown by the time she got, I don't care. That's the Chamashita. And all fruit that's detached from the ground, let's say instead of getting oranges that are attached to trees, she just gets bushels of oranges, then it's hers. If you look at me, so you sell it and you buy land. So, okay, so fruit that is attached, according to the Chachamim, his fruit detaches hers. Okay. The Chachamim say, the Shimon says like this, Rav Shimon says, the way to remember this, it's the opposite by marriage or divorce. Whatever she gets at the beginning of marriage, she does not get at the end of marriage, and vice versa. How so? What do I mean? If in the beginning of the marriage, she brings in fruit that is attached to the tree, so who owns it? That is his. But then when she gets divorced, if there's fruit attached to the tree, she gets to keep it. So it's his in the beginning, but it's hers at the end because it's her principle. And at the end of the marriage, and the opposite is also true, which is at the beginning of marriage, whatever is considered detached from the tree is considered hers, but whatever's, but at the end of marriage, whatever is detached is considered his. So... Okay, by the way, now, we have to figure out is Rav Shimon is not really adding much to the Tanakhama. He's basically reiterating, which is attached to the ground is his, detached is hers. You have to try to figure out exactly uh, exactly how he's, what he's adding or what he's changing. All right, let's start with the Gemara. The Gemara is like this. The Gemara is describing the following scenario, which is that you have, um, 
you have the husband and wife in dispute as to what to buy. She wants to buy one thing, he wants to buy another thing. So we have to try to figure out the best one for both of them. Again, she has the principle, he has the fruit. So whenever they're buying something, it sort of has to go in tandem because you can't just buy... She's going to want something that has heavy principle. He's going to want something that has heavy fruit production. And you got to find something that sort of is a mix of the both. So the Gemara says like this. Pshita. The Gemara starts off. Pshita, it's Pashit. Ara ubate. If there's a machlekes, whether to buy land or to buy houses, ara, you buy land. Because in the times of the Gemara, land lasts longer and was more profitable than houses. So you buy land over houses, you buy land. Okay. Bati udikli, let's say one spouse wants to buy houses, the other one wants to buy palm trees. Bati, then houses are better than palm trees. Because palm trees can dry out. Houses, it's real estate. It's not gonna it's annoying, whatever. It's not gonna it's not gonna it's not gonna dry out. Dikli vilani, fruit trees are non-fruit trees, then obviously. Dikli, you rather fruit trees. Ilni vigufi, fruit trees are grapevines. Ilni, fruit trees are better than grapevines because grapevines can die quicker. Okay. Now, the Gemara says like this. Iba zardosa upira de kavri. If a woman brings into a marriage a forest of zardosa, some sort of, uh, our school describes as sorb trees. Sorb trees, okay. Or a fish pond. So the question is like this. You bring in, let's say, a fish pond. What's the fruit? What's the principle? What's the fruit? So you'll say, okay, well, the principle is the land under the thing, and the fruit is the fish. Well, maybe there is no fruit and principle. Maybe it's just principle. Maybe it's just fruit. Like, you, normally you have, like, there's the land, and then there's the fruit, and they're pretty separate. If I just have a fish pond, like, what's the fruit? and what's, What belongs to the wife? What belongs to the husband? So the Gemara says, Amri Lopeirav, Amri Lokarna. It's a machalikas. Some say... Because there is no two things, right? You just bring in a fish pond. You have what's in the fish pond, which is the water and the fish. What's the, what's the principle and what's the fruit? So some say it's all principle, and some say it's all fruit. Again, because there's no two distinct things. Um, here's the rule. Gizai machlif. The rule of the second opinion is, if it regenerates, then it's considered produce. En gizai machlif, karna. Meaning like this. If you have an item that's going to regenerate, so then look at the first one of it as the fruit, as the principle, and the second one is the fruit, because it'll come back. But if it doesn't regenerate, if the, by the time you end up using it, it's gone, then the entire thing is considered principle. Principle, by definition, means it creates. So if, it has, if, if it's something that doesn't have... I'll give an example. We're going to talk in a little bit. If an animal has a baby... So, okay, so the animal regenerates. So you can look at the animal as the principle, the baby as the fruit. But if you have something that doesn't regenerate, and by the time at some point it could just, you know, be used up, then, then the entire thing is principle. Then the husband has no access to it. Okay. Go to the next page. Vlad Okay, so you have an animal. You have an animal from... Um, you have a woman who brings in nechse melog. She brings in a behem. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, wait, there's no uh, there's no later minion today. I know. Uh, okay, good. So the oh, okay, so you got some time. So the Gemara says, uh, it's on you. Um, so no, chasa shalom. I just don't want you to waste your time. So the Gemara says that if you steal a behemoth, you have an, a woman that brings in a behemoth, and 
the baby is stolen, the question is who gets the kefil, who gets the double portion. So you obviously pay back to the owner. So the question is who is the owner of this animal, of this baby that was born from this animal? Is the baby considered um, the paris, in which case it goes to the husband, or no, because the entire animal can be consumed, there is no paris, it's just considered principal, and it goes to the wife. So who owns this child? So the Gemara says, You pay it to the wife. The wife gets the kefil, which the Gemara assumes at this point means to say, so again, the animal fell as Yerusha, and then it had a baby, and the baby was stolen. So when the baby's, when it's the kefil is paid, it's paid to the wife, which the Gemara seems to say that the baby is considered the wife's because it's not considered fruit, it's considered principal. It's considered karen. Rashi says, the second line, the Gemara assumes, the baby is not considered fruit, it's considered principal, because the baby, it's not like a tree that automatically gives offspring, it could just die. If the baby dies, or if the mother dies and the baby dies, then there's nothing left. So it's by definition principle. So therefore it belongs to the wife. That's the Gemara assumes. So again, the, you have an animal that has a baby. The baby is considered uh, Karen, it's considered principle, and it belongs to the wife. But here's the problem. The Gemara says, Kiman, who authored this brisa? But everyone agrees that the child of an animal is considered the husband's. Everybody agrees to that. So how, why are you paying the kefil to the wife? Which implies that the child is considered Karen. It's universally accepted, both according to the Rabbana Hanania, that the child is considered uh, Paris, that it belongs to the husband. What's this Machlegas Detanya? Vlad Behemas Malog, this Mamish, this case, Labal. It belongs to the husband, not to the wife. So it belongs to the husband. It's considered a fruit. By the way, the reason why it's considered a fruit, the Gemara is going to explain, why would it be considered a fruit? Usually, the, defin- the distinction between principle and fruit is. If you could, if you could eat up the entire principle, then there's no fruit, right? If the entire thing can be destroyed, then it's gone. So the baby can die, and the mom can die. So how could how could you say it's fruit? Isn't that principle by definition? The answer is there's still hide. There's still something left. Meaning, if if the husband can consume it entirely and it's poof gone, then that means that its principle belongs to the wife. But if after consumption or after destruction, there's still something there. Then what you, so the way they look at the baby is that, the baby animal, is that the hide is the principle, the body and the flesh is the fruit. That's how you look at it. So why are you paying kefil to the wife if it belongs to the husband? What's the machlaikis? The whole machlaikis, Hanani Rabbonon, is Vlad Shivchas Melug, is the child of a slave. The child of a slave is a machlaikis, whether it's considered principle, whether it's the husband's or wife. And... He holds that the Vlad Shifcha is the husband's, the Tanakama feels the Vlad Shifcha is the wife. But everyone agrees that the child of the animal is the husband. So why is it that if you steal this child, the kefil goes to the wife? If the child is considered Paris, shouldn't you have to pay the husband? So why are you paying the wife? You understand the kasha? The kasha is, if you steal this animal, you pay the double to the wife, which means this animal belongs to the wife. The problem is, everyone agrees this animal belongs to the husband. So why aren't you paying the husband? You pay the husband. So the Gemara says, The answer is, we look at this animal as Paris. Yeah? Paris means the husband has rights to use it. What's the Paris? The meat, the labor, whatever you use an animal for. 
if the animal gets stolen and then you get double portion, that's considered peri of the peri. Meaning, Chazal decided that the husband should have access to the use of the animal. But to get double portion off to make money off the animal, that level money, which is two steps removed, that's called peri de peri. Chazal never wanted the husband to get it. So the reason why you pay double is not because to the wife is not because the animal belongs to the wife. The animal actually belongs to the husband. So why do you pay double to the wife? Because Chazal did not think that it's fair for him to make double portion. That's called peri de peri. He should get peris. He should get the fruit of her principle. But the fruit of the fruit? So the principle is the hide. The fruit of the principle is the animal itself. To make double off the animal, that's considered fruit of the fruit. Chazal didn't think that that's fair. Okay. Here's the kasha. One last kasha is, again, you have the animal, this little baby. So we're saying everyone agrees it belongs to the husband. It's the fruit of the principle baby of a slave machlekes well what's the deal if you hold that the baby of an animal is the fruit evidently you're not concerned that the baby is going to die and the mother's going to die so then wouldn't the same thing be a slave meaning what's the distinction between slave and animal very simple like animal belong animal belongs to the husband slave machlekes like why like whatever treat them all the same the gemara says so what's the distinction between what's the distinction why is it that the animal is considered the fruit but the but the 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 slave is not what's the difference so the answer is the Gemara says you know what the answer is again it's very simple if you're trying to figure out the difference between principle and fruit, anything that could be entirely consumed is principle. If the thing could be entirely consumed, we're not going to let the husband use it, because it's not fair. A slave can die. Therefore, the slave is the wives. I don't care if it has kids. It can have 20 kids. It doesn't matter. Each slave can die. If each slave can die and then you have no use, we're not going to give it to the husband. You see, by an apple orchard, the husband gets the apple because the apples will regrow. Anytime the principal can poof, go away, we're not going to give it to the husband. It's not fair. She should have access to that. Why is it that the baby animal is the husband's? Because the baby animal, even if it dies, there's hide. There's hide, which has a lot of value. So give the hide to the wife. So buy the, buy the slave where if it dies, it has zero value, then it's considered fully the wife's. But the animal, where even if it dies, worst case scenario, it dies. The husband runs it into the ground, destroys it, whatever it is. You still have the hide. So the hide will be the principle. The animal around the hide will be, or inside the hide, will be the fruit. Okay. That's the halacha. Okay. The halacha follows chananya. That what? That the vlad, that the baby slave and the baby animal are both belonging to the husband. But it says the Gemara, a new Yisoyde, Here's the deal. According to Hanania, who owns the baby, the baby animal? Or the baby slave? Let's go that. The baby slave. Who owns that? The husband. Which means if they get divorced, the, the, the husband gets to keep the baby slave because it's Paris. But it says the Gemara, if she wants to pay for it, he has to give her the actual slave itself. Let's say the slave is worth $100. If she says, I'm giving you $100, he's 
he has to give it to her. Why? Why does he have to give it to her? Normally, you don't have to give anybody anything. If it's yours, it's yours. The reason is because it's called Shevach Beisavia, which means we're always concerned when we, we want to incentivize husband, grandfathers giving dowries. So a lot of these things are to protect the dowry, to make sure that you know she'll be taken care of. One aspect of the dowry is, um, uh, it's not uh, uh, sentimental, but there's like a family heirloom that meant something. This slave has been in their family for generations. So the fact that the slave had a baby, and now the husband gets to keep it, no, if the wife wants to pay, she gets it back. It's part of the family heirloom, family dynasty, is to have that crest, is to have that slave. So if she wants that slave, and she wants to pay for it, she has to get it back. And that's a big say that we're going to see, is that even there are things that are technically considered like Paris, but if they're family heirlooms, we're going to allow the wife to keep it, because that's important. Um, okay, again, we've repeated this concept numerous times, and that is that if you have an item that is entirely consumed, it's considered principal. If it's not entirely consumed, meaning even if destruction, there's still something left, then the something left is the principal, the rest is considered the payrus. So the Gemara gives an example. Let's say she brings in a goat for milking, a sheep for shearing, a chicken for the eggs, a palm tree for the fruit. The husband can use it all. Even if the animal dies, it's fine. Why? Because even if the animal dies, there's still the hide. Even if the tree, the fruit gets eaten, there's still the tree. Meaning, as long as there's something left, even upon full consumption, there's still something left, and that something is the principle. As long as you're not entirely, you know, it's not like you're like a chocolate bar where by the time you're done eating, it's gone. It's not like that. As long as there's still something left, then it's considered having a principle and fruit. The Gemara says, Let's say she brings in a coat into the marriage. So who owns the coat? So he has rights to the coat but she owns the principle of the coat. What does that mean? The halacha is, mechasi adekalia. He can wear the coat until it's destroyed. Meaning, he can wear the coat until it's not wearable anymore. Why? Because even after it's not wearable, you still have the fiber. You still have scraps. And the scraps is considered the principle. The Gemara continues, kiman uh, who does this follow? Detanya. Hamelech v'achao, The halacha is that if... Um, a woman brings into a, a marriage a salt a salt mine, so the ocean water would go in and then evaporate and there'll be left with salt. He could always use that salt because even if he finishes all the salt, there'll be more salt. That's the nature of the ocean. But says the Gemara, shall gofris shall if she brings in a sulfur pit, meaning she brings in a mine that has natural resources that are limited. So this is an example, sulfur or alum mine. Aluminum, minimum, for, for Gavin, aluminum. So if, if you bring in a mine that has resources that are limited, then the halacha is, um, the Gemara says, Rav Meir says it's the Karen. Rav Meir says that it's considered principal. Why? Because if she consumes the entire thing, if he consumes the entire thing, there's no more mine left, right? If let's say there's a thousand pounds of sulfur in and he, and he mines all the sulfur, so then the halacha is, there's no more sulfur left. So he took all the principal. That's not fair. So we leave it to the wife. The chum say no. The chum say that it, it, it's fine, meaning even if he removes all of the sulfur, there's still the ground under the sulfur. Because there's still the ground under the sulfur, it's considered uh, karen and peris. That's the Gemara says. 
The Gemara continues, up to the new Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this. What's going on? This guy does not like that. Okay, right in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says like this. Alright. So. Recording stop. Um, Alright. Recording in progress. Yeah, yeah, it's a rental. Um, okay, the Gemara says like this. Uh, just to finish up to the next Mishnah, there was a machlaikas between Rav Shimon and the Ten. Recording stop. Okay, no, no, no. Oh, Gavin, Gavin, Gavin. Rest. Okay. I was listening to this stuff. You, you missed you missed fireworks in person. The Mishnah, the Gemara said like this: the, 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 the Mishnah had said that the, according to the Chachamim, if it's attached to the tree, it belongs to the husband. If it's detached, it belongs to her. Rav Shimon said the exact same thing. Rav Shimon said, "Oh, in the beginning of the marriage, the end of the marriage." Rav Shimon Mamash said the exact same thing. So what the Gemara says: Rav Shimon had Tanakama. What's the difference between Rav Shimon and Tanakama? Amarava mechubarim b'shasitziyah The difference is mechubarim b'shasitziyah if they're attached when you are getting divorced. That that is a machloikis who gets it between the Chacham and Rav Shimon, whether it goes to her or goes to him. That was an area that wasn't fully disputed. Okay, next Mishnah. Let's say she brings into the marriage old slaves and old servants. Old slaves and old servants that don't that don't have the that don't really function so well. So he says, sell them, right? Sell them and buy younger slaves that are more uh, uh, stronger. So. That he's able to force her to sell them. And the purpose of slaves is to work. If they can't work anymore, then sell them and, and you'll find other slaves. Rav Shimon Gamliel says, no. She doesn't have to sell it because it's part of the family uh, heirlooms, it's part of the family estate to have those same slaves. It's part of the dynasty. And therefore, it's, uh, you can't force her to sell it. Similarly, you have older vineyards and older olive orchards. So you could force them to sell it, force her to sell it because they're not growing fruit anymore and buy land that has fruit. Rav says don't sell it because it's part of the family estate, family heirloom, and she has sentimental value and it's not fair for you to have to sell it, to force her to sell it. Let's go through the Gemara, let's just finish up quickly. Let's say you have the same, you have the same, um, same case, right? So you have this uh, apple or uh, uh, olive, a uh, 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 grape vineyard that's dying. So it's a machlekes of whether you can force her to sell it. Tanakama says, yeah, because it doesn't give off fruit. The Rosh says, no, because it gives has the family chash. Uh, you know, there's a sentimental value. What if it's an? What if she doesn't own the land under the uh, the olive orchard? So the second they die, she gets nothing then you could force her to sell it, because how could she have sentimental value when it's fleeting? Meaning if she owns the land under it, so she'll be able to always say, oh, this land had my family's uh, olive orchard, fine. So even after it dies, she'll still have the land as sentimental value. But if she doesn't have the land under it, and the second it goes away, she loses everything, it's not worth it. So that you have to force her to sell. Says the Gemara Maskler of Yosef, Wait a minute. If you have... So you're telling me that you could force her to sell it if the older thing will die and nothing will be left of it. Don't they argue about whether you could force her to sell slaves? Once slaves die, there's no, there's no remnant, there's no land under it. So you see that even when the slaves die, nothing will be left. 
And still there's a machloikas. So you see that even if nothing will be left, there's still sentimental value. So the Gemara says, You're right, this is what we meant to say. The whole machloikas of whether you could force her to sell it is if she does not own the land under it. But if she owns the land under it, everyone agrees that you cannot force her to sell it because Shevach base Aviha. Uh, we're going to stop here. We're going to stop. I think it's a good uh, stopping point. Thank you. Recording.